Welcome to episode 136 of Sports Clicks and Politics. I am Sean Hannon, joined as always by the charming and handsome Mr. Ben Husong. We're going with two today. I like it. It's more precise, more efficient. I, I appreciate it. But harming and chance, har- harming and chance, harming and chance. Got two new ones. Buddy. Welcome to the show. Thanks. It's good to be back. How was your weekend? Busy. A typical Hugh song weekend. Yeah, it's, uh, it was. It was. I don't even remember Saturday. Oh, something, yeah, something like something in the Griswolds family of uh, family uh, yeah, activities, more okay. or less. I think. Uh, I mean, we'd be all disappointed if it was anything less. Just for the record, coached soccer game Saturday morning, then a baseball game. Then Chris and I had a trailer event down at Willowdale Bend Sanctuary. Highly recommend it. Very cool place. And what we is there? It? That's like the, a natural, like a. It's like a farm. Okay, where they rehab animals that other farms gotcha. can't take. Gotcha. Uh, good and, people. Oh yeah, great people. Wonderful. It was a good good event. We ended up having to jet out early because we both had to work at the ice cream shop after we had a couple of employees call in. It happens. We shake it off. So we worked at the ice cream shop that night and then coached the baseball doubleheader Sunday, followed by a softball game Sunday night, and then fell asleep on the couch. I was oh, done. Nice. I had nothing left to give, Sean. Nothing left in the tank at that point. There was there well, was too much coaching. Well, uh what are the age groups of the teams? Uh, all between 10 and 12. Understandable. Yeah. So I did no coaching. I mean, I probably did, but nothing like in the official capacity. Sure. So luckily my kid is 30 today. So okay. I don't have uh, uh, those kind of activities anymore. I get There it. was definitely years of uh, uh, basketball, baseball, and all the like there. Yeah. But, so happy birthday, buddy. Happy so, birthday. Yeah. Um, before we get into some of the topics... Got quite a few topics today. Well, I, not that I have quite a few topics. Actually, I could have gone longer, but you know we have so much time here. So maybe I'll throw in some wild cards at you hey, to get your takes. Bring it on. Um, but before we get into those, please help us out with the the uh, algorithm demons and uh, like and share the video. Subscribe to the channel, and please check out our uh, interview with uh, one Kevin McKernan. You can watch that. I posted that on Twitter, and I posted that uh, on the Rumble channel here. So um, make sure you check out that interview. It's uh, uh, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, I know you said you heard it today, um, or when you, what you told me you heard it today. I don't know when you actually listened to it, but uh, I feel like Mr. McKernan kind of covered a lot of stuff that he wanted to kind of get out there. Um, it's making the waves in the Twitterverse there, so uh, people uh, seem to uh, be sharing that video quite a bit there but i do recommend that you guys go back and listen to that interview about the uh accidental discovery that he had of uh plasma dna being discovered in a sealed uh mrna vaccine uh basically a dna that is uh you know fragment that's not supposed to be there uh so go ahead and listen to that interview and uh that'll help us out too so uh, did you have any quick takes on the uh, interview there that you wanted to kind of share before we moved on i it it kind of i don't want to say confirmed but it I guess, confirm the possibility of a lot of the concerns we were talking about two years ago. Like, like hey, we don't know enough, and this is, there's no reason to think this is all going to go well. There yeah, this seems no to reason. be a, a byproduct of Operation Warp Speed, maybe, a rush to uh, market in some of this stuff. Like, maybe they cut some corners, and this is why they're finding contaminated uh, 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 vaccines there. But who knows? Uh, I think this is... Uh, uh, Mr. McCarran is getting raked over the coals in the Twitterverse for uh, shining light on this. So uh, good luck to him. Uh, probably he seems, onto something. He seems to uh, uh, have a thick skin for this kind of stuff. So it's, I mean, listen, we were talking about lipid nanoparticles. Like we were discussing that two years ago of yeah. like, hey, this was the delivery mechanism. It was harmful. It's why they could never even get to human trials with mRNA. And now they're claiming that it's just not a problem anymore. Like they fixed the issue, but they, it's a trade secret and they won't say what they fixed it with. And now it turns out they didn't fix it, which was of course the most likely scenario of, no, you're still using the same things that are going to cause the same problems. You just got rid of the regulatory hurdle that would have prevented you from putting this in people. Yeah. And he, and you know, not to give away too much of the interview, cause I want people to watch it, but, uh, he did discover a, uh, uh, something wasn't, advertised to be there through the EMA when they applied for it, which is some kind of, uh, I think they call it SV 
or SV80 now. I can't remember there, but it's yeah. part of a, it's a very uh, controversial uh, element of vaccines. So McKernan pointed out that that was not part of the original sequence. So he was basically doing a sequence of the, of the, the vaccine. He wanted to kind of do what his, what he's good at is uh, genetic breakdown. And um, this is where he made all these discoveries. So, all right, that's enough on that. We, we got a whole 40 minute interview on that. They can go figure there it you out. Go. So go watch it. Um, I found this video and I feel like I should play it. It has nothing to do with any of the topics. Okay. But it's funny. Um, and so let me see if I can make all the magic work here in the back end here. But uh, we good friend of the show, James Comey. Obviously, huge <laughs> fan, never misses an episode. So I don't know if you know, he's got a new uh, fiction book out, right? So he's writing about... Oh, I did know that. Something, I don't, you know, I don't know exactly what it's spy called, but... Yeah, and, right, right, oh. it's spy novels, so... Um, so anyway, he's at a, um, like a book signing event. I don't actually know where this is. Uh, if I figure it out between now and then, I'll uh, let everybody know. But I, this video doesn't really have like a lot of views or anything, so I'm not even sure who this person is. The, the channel is what is really happening. So shout out to that person. Uh, it's only got six likes, me being one of them. So, but this video is pretty funny. So I don't know. I don't even know how I found it. I don't even know how I found it. So let me see if I can play this here without interruption so you guys can enjoy it at home as well. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here at the Austin Public Library where the great deep state hero, James Comey, is about to speak. And we're in the front row. I can't believe I'm about to be in James Comey's presence. So pretty oh, funny, God. right? I don't even know if I'd have the balls to do that, but that guy clearly was right in the front row. <laughs> they introduced James Comey, if you guys for just listening at home. Um, you know, there's a crowd of maybe, I don't know, maybe like what, 75, 100 people there maybe-ish. Um, there's a stage and uh, there's a couple like panelists it looks like, and then James Comey gets walked out and this guy erupts with uh, a standing ovation, if you will. I, yeah. It was well-deserved, I think. I mean, God bless him. Yeah. He was late. If you watch the whole video and... Uh, uh, I believe I have this link. If not, I'll uh, I'll make sure I put this in the in the description if I haven't already done that. But you can watch this uh, video here. It's called James Comey Gets Epically Trolled and Confronted at Book Signing Event. All right, listen, I'm not normally a proponent of heckling people as they're trying to give speeches and interrupting that. However, I am also kind of torn on this one because there are certain people who deserve to be heckled every time they have the audacity to go in public. They just deserve it. I'm sorry, but they, yeah. like this guy did so much harm to, to the public trust and the Federal Bureau of Investigation. It's the same way, like Bill Clinton going to Epstein Island 75 times, that man should be heckled and booed every time he has the audacity to show his face in public. We should stop lionizing these people altogether, especially for a fiction book like, shut up, Jim Comey. Yeah. And so I, I do have a couple little bit of background here in the, uh, so Owen Schroyer, props to Owen Schroyer yeah. for, uh, dressing up for the occasion, rocking a solid, a solid beard look, right? It is. I yeah. respect. Um, and again, must've camped out early to get those, uh, front, front row seats. seats. Yeah. I mean, great. And so this, uh, and if you didn't hear, this was in, uh, Austin, Texas. So fun, fun all around. I think that's all. I just feel like I, it was worthy of a share. So shout out to Owen Schroyer and, Whatever this uh, po this uh, YouTube channel is, what is really happening? So fun, I thought. Anyway, That's so outstanding. All right, one other thing that I think we should touch on that I didn't really have in the show notes: Novak Djokovic. Turns out he can still play tennis. 
probably better than everybody any ever. I mean, he's considered, you know, right now, obviously he's got the, this is his 23rd Grand Sam, which I feel like is the most in the men's. He's one shy of uh, a couple women uh, who have 24s. He'll probably pass that next year. Um, I'm not here to break down who's the greatest tennis player of all time, but I mean, he's my favorite tennis player of all time. There you go. Hands down. There you so go. If there, if there were Joker jerseys, I would buy one. All right. I'm just saying. I'm happy for the guy. Yeah. I mean, Obviously, the stupidity of keeping him away from playing in tournaments for his vaccine status is still idiocy. Yeah. But congratulations, Novak's. Uh, if you're ever free and you want to come on Sports Clicks and Politics, we'll gladly discuss your vaccine stance. Open invitation. That goes out to Kyrie and Aaron Rodgers and Cole Beasley and all the, uh, the like, too, as well. So all Some, right. not all heroes wear capes, Mr. There you Song. Go. There you go. All right. So let's get into the sports story of the year so far, I think. Oh, man. Only because of the, the setup that came from the PGA players primarily. I mean, it was other things. But there are so many angles of this. And it's geopolitical. Like, it's literally like real things. Like, this is a real kind of a crazy story. So if you haven't heard, or you could care less about golf, this is more than a golf story, but it's. It's revolving around golf. The PGA Tour and Live Golf, along with the, uh, the European Tour, whatever they call that, uh, announced plan to merge in stunning reversal. Now, let's go backwards a little bit here. Um, so this all came about, I believe, in like 2018, 2019, where this was first kind of floated, right? So this is a New Yorker article that uh, kind of detailed the, the, the beginnings of the live golf tour in general. Um, I would tell you to read it. It's pretty informative. It kind of goes through some of the, uh, the back channels that kind of were, were the way to, to kind of make this. Did you, did you know that Phil was basically wrote the operating manual for the live golf? I did not. Yeah. I've been hearing that a couple of times that he, cause they're making the joke now that, well, they just have Phil write the operating procedure for this new company, whatever it is. Right. So like it, whatever, you know, so Phil, we'll get into Phil okay. victory laps or what this bizarre victory laps anyway. So, um, the Saudi government, our ally just on the, on the, I mean, up until maybe like March, um, they have been our ally and I would still consider them. I would think our country would consider them our ally. So save that would you will not without controversy, the Saudi government, um, hashtag nine 11, uh, you know, there's whatever, whatever, uh, path you want to go down with the Saudis and their uh, links to Osama bin Laden and the 9-11 uh, uh, terror attacks. So just real quick on that. Yeah, inject. Like 17 of the 19 hijackers were Saudi. Right. All, all the money came from Saudi Arabia. And I, this is where, look, I'm not going to tell you it definitely was or wasn't with the knowledge of the royal family, but I'm going to say I personally am skeptical that the people in the Saudi Arabian community with enough money that they could have funded that terror attack probably weren't were, were probably not like anti royal family that they were they were probably in pretty good with them that's probably how they got rich because that seems to be how most people in those types of countries get rich and in ours too let's be real but the idea that they would then do that thus endangering the ally the relationship with their huge ally the united states of america the idea that they would do that without telling indicating admitting or the outright permission of the royal family seems unlikely unlikely yeah you're asking me to take a lot of leaps here i mean you you could paste that scenario and remove the specifics and place place it over the nord stream stuff and be like Eh, right like the idea that you would do that without telling america is nuts like there's no way anybody would do it it's too big of a risk and also you know they there was that whole kashagi thing where they hacked a journalist to death inside an embassy and then denied it and then we're like our bad and then everybody in america was outraged for like eight minutes and then was like so and Hunter Biden's laptop. Our gas price is coming down? Or what? Like, like that's the attention span of America, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the 9-11-ish stuff. Yeah. And so the Saudis, who 
if we could talk a little petrodollar for a second, because I'm going to tie this all in. I love it. And so we've done a show about the petrodollar. You can go back. I don't know what episode it was. That was the one we had bad audio. So search out the, the, not the, the, just the audio version of the petrodollar discussion, but for a quick back backdrop, uh, the U S has an agreement with Saudi Arabia to sell oil and U S dollars. So therefore all these countries who want to buy oil from Saudi Arabia up until like March, um, were a bill had to convert their currency into us dollars to buy the oil from the Saudi Arabia. Now, what does that give the Saudi Arabian uh, government, Mr. Husong? It gives them a lot of us dollars, sure, in excess of us dollars, probably more than any other country other than the United States. I yeah, would guess. I would assume. Um, because we're talking, you know, billions and billions of dollars here being spent and probably trillions. But anyway, so the Saudis have all these U.S. dollars that they're making from, you know, their relationship with the U.S. government, I believe. They need to do something with these dollars. And they've been what uh, some uh, folks call sports washing, where they're taking their U.S. dollars and investing them in professional sports. all And not just the United States. but they're, All over. Right. Because the dollar travels. Shocking. Still, football clubs in other countries. Yes, yes. they own Newcastle. I think it is in the that league. They huge investments in Formula One, right? So they right. they have figured out ways to take those dollars and buy things. You know, I'm sure they're buying other things, assets and whatnot. But they were using tons of money to be able to to invest, quote unquote, into these sports. And listen, it's it's a boon for the sports, right? They're getting sure. huge amounts of money, and the PGA, I this new golf entity will benefit from the money. I mean, you know, not everything, you know, you don't, don't follow, money doesn't solve all the problems, but it allows you to be pretty flexible in what you're going to do. And I think nobody would disagree that the amount of money that is supposedly being put into this new golf company is going to make golf better uh, products. So we have this weird geopolitical thing. Yeah. We have this, the petrodollar angle that, you know, Saudi Arabia has to do something with these dollars before they crash. So they're like basically... Let's figure out a way to spend them. And so, and you mentioned up the Khashoggi thing. So all that backdrop, the P, they come to the PGA being like, we want in. And the PGA is like, hell no, you're terrorist, 9-11. You know, they, they, they say, basically say, we don't want your money. And the Saudis are like, okay, you don't want our money. We're going to start a new golf league and compete directly with the PGA Tour. Now, the Live Golf had no revenue streams. They made no money. They just paid out the players. That's it. They didn't care about actually generating money. They were there to try to destroy the PGA, quote unquote destroy, or let's just say compromise them enough for them to merge, which is where we're at today. Um, but Live was, there's by no, other than the outcome, Live was not a success. The tour didn't make money. Right. It, it didn't draw a lot of crowds. Like it, you know, it had great players. I mean, there's a lot of the, you know, the, the Brooks Kepkas, the Dustin Johnsons, the bright, uh, Bryson DeChambeau's Phil, um, all went to this new league. Now, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> but some of the story that is now moving forward is the players who didn't take the money and stayed in PGA. Right. So, and then we'll get into, to Trump's, uh, 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 tweet or truth, I guess, uh, there and, and we'll talk about it here. So this is from Donald Trump. July 18th, 2022, on his true social. All of those golfers that remain quote-unquote loyal to the very disloyal PGA in all of its different forms will pay a big price when the inevitable merger with Liv comes. Hmm. And you get nothing but a big thank you from the PGA officials who are making millions of dollars a year. If you don't take the money now, you will get nothing after the merger takes place and only say how smart the original signees were. Good luck to all and congratulations to a really talented Cam Smith on this incredible win. So, again, this is, uh, you know, 11 months ago. Nobody saw this coming. This was basically a, a, a very secretive deal was announced the players were finding out on the putting course via Twitter. Like basically everybody was just stopped and started reading what was happening um, right before the, uh, what was it? The uh, Canadian open. Right. So Trump is clearly has his, uh, uh, has been in bed. I don't know if it's the right word with the Saudi government. Uh, you know, 
people want to go down the Jared Kushner thing, they can do that too, right? So whatever. Well, I, I'm not trying $2 to two billion dollar investment in one hedge fund and everybody. But so, wants but here, so here's that. the deal that that two billion came from the PIF, which is the public investment right. fund. It's a fund that is basically the Saudi government has a bunch of U.S. dollars that they're trying to figure out what to do with. Uh, short, they, everybody calls it the PIF, uh, PIF, and that's the same company that bought PGA. So. Right. And the Formula One and the Newcastle and, and all the stuff. I mean, this is technically the check doesn't say, you know, MSB on it there, the, the Prince of Saudi Arabia or whatever MBS. it is, MBS. It says the PIF, it's the public investment fund. It's a, a legal entity that exists. What, I, listen, whether or not you want to critique its moral existence, totally understandable. I sure. get it. Um, but it's the same thing that is buying off Jared Kushner, buying the PGA, buying F1, buying Newcastle, buying all this whatever. So one more backdrop before we get to the merger. I don't, there hasn't been a lot of details about this merger. It was basically an agreement that with like a working agreement, there was no details uh, uh, submitted really. Um, during the poaching of live players or PGA players by live, the DOJ took up an investigation basically on the handling of the players. Now, all these sports teams are workarounds with this, uh, you know, the, the uh, like, uh, good, uh, OSHA, I want to say, the uh, uh, basically making sure that the, um, the players are being taken care of and not uh, being, uh, you know, exposed or uh, exploited by the PGA. So anyway, DOJ was investigating PGA, about their handling of the players and maybe that was going to go that well. And some of the, the, the uh, cost of that uh, lawsuit was basically burning through cash. So the story goes that the PGA was burning through cash so fast that they knew it was time with the, you know, there was an expiration on this uh, operating. So at some point they were going to have to merge with live. And now back to Trump's truth, there about all these players. I mean, there's rumors of Hideki Matsuyama, who, you know, clearly has a huge Japanese following, whether he went, and he's a great player. Um, not the, you know, Tiger was offered like a billion dollars. Right. Hideki was supposedly offered 500 million to $750 million. Um, even the regular everyday Joe players were offered like $50 million. Right. And so Rory, oh, I feel bad. I mean, of all the people, Rory gets basically every week, there's a tournament he plays he stays, he could have been, you know, the richest dude of all the, the dudes. And he stayed, stayed loyal, if you will, to the PGA and got nothing from them and was paraded out there basically because the PGA took the stance, Jay Monahan, the, the, the chair of the PGA took the stance of we're not taking nine 11 blood money, right? Like would say that multiple times in public, two players would, would parade players out there basically saying that like Matt Fitzpatrick, Matt Fitzpatrick, Matt Fitzpatrick, um, you got it. It's basically on, you know, was interviewed and said, I don't think they should be allowed back for taking that money. You know, like th this is, this should be DOA. Anyway, all that back drama, all that weekly. I mean, this has been going on for a year and didn't seem like there was ever going to be an end in sight until again, some last minute hushed deal that the players were not involved with between the PGA and the PIF and the world tour. Um, created this new company, this new golf company, basically out of thin air and promoted Jay Monahan, who is literally was the, who works on behalf of the nonprofit, the players, that's supposed to be a players league, and then throws the players under the bus and then gets to run their lives anyway. So I don't know if you have any quick takes. I, I gave a lot there. Um, I'm not sure we need to get into Jimmy Dunn, but he was kind of like the, the, he's a uh, acquisitions guy mergers and acquisitions guy. And he was brought on to be part of the board like a year ago by another mergers and acquisitions guy who's on the board. And they kind of made this thing a reality behind everybody else's, including probably Jay Monahan's uh, nose. But anyway, so pick where you want to start there and we'll go from there. But I mean, because it has so many geopolitical things, this is you know, this is this is the kind of sports story that we cover here at Sports Clicks and Politics. We don't do box scores. We do like, nah. what the hell is going on here? So, what do you think? Uh, all right. So, I, I, when the live golf thing was first brought up, I I said the same thing of I don't know how outraged you want me to be that these guys are taking money, given the amount of money that our government does 
and gives to the Saudi Arabians or the military equipment that we sell to the Saudi Arabians so that they can carry out ethnically cleansing civil wars against Yemen. I like it's so messed up. So I mean, I don't know how outraged you want me to be. The PGA took a stand and I was like, all right, you know what? Good. If more people would do that, that'd be good. And then it turns out it wasn't that they took any kind of a moral stand. They just had a higher price. It was, and they, everybody has a price, which is fine. But Jay Moynihan coming out here and talking about Saudi blood money. How could you take Saudi blood money? Buddy, once you say that, you can't take the money. Like, you gotta, you have to resign in protest when this happens. You don't get to turn around now. And if you do, God bless you. I get to call you full of shit because yeah. you are. Yeah, because he took the CEO position of this new company. Right. So all of a sudden, now that that check's coming to you, that's not 9-11 blood money anymore. Now, all of a sudden, that's just good for golf. And it's, uh, all right, cool. But you understand this is why the players were doing this in the first place is because we were told by Phil Mickelson and, and a bunch of these other guys of like, look, the PGA doesn't give a crap about us. They take advantage of us at every turn, and they're and they're not letting us do the things we want to do. This is our opportunity to stick it to them, and they did. Yeah, and Phil, you know, Phil's not like unaware of the Saudi Arabian government. He basically says they're evil SOBs in interviews. Like he's like before the before Live actually even was created. He's like, listen, I get it. These people are. He mentions Khashoggi. He's like, uh, you know, that happened. And then he says, but this is a once in a life opportunity, a once in a lifetime opportunity to change the PGA tour, which clearly he was right. I don't know if it's a one in a life opportunity, but he clearly he was able to change the PGA tour using their money. Um, like I said, I I don't I think it's good for golf because you, all the players are back. Um, you know, I there's some un or, you know lack of clarity about how it's actually going to look like in practice. Will the live tour exist? Will the PGA tour exist separately from the live tour? Will there be crossover from players who are playing in multiple things? Um, same thing with the, 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 the European tour I, I, in practice. I don't know that. I mean, there's, I mean, Greg Norman didn't even got a call literally who is the, the chair of the live golf tournament, got a call an hour before they were announcing like, Oh, this is happening, buddy. Uh, you may or may not have a gig tomorrow, you know, kind of thing. I mean, there's no real reason for the live to exist anymore. The only reason it list it existed was to leverage the, to getting into golf. Now that they're into golf and they basically have, I think they negotiated like first right to refusal of all future investments. Right. So like nobody can invest in this new company unless the Saudi, Saudi Arabian PIF people. Just call it the government. Yeah. It's the government. <laughs> well, allows it. Right. So, who knows what that, you know, whatever. It's a, uh, everybody knew what they were doing. I feel bad for the players to some degree who stayed with the PGA. Clearly they were sold a bill of goods that was terrible and uh, was, uh, you know, collapsed in, in real time and real life world uh, events. But I, I want to, I just want to, you know, it's hard for me to just dismiss the fact that it's the Saudi government, but like, it seems inevitable. It seemed inevitable. And the more you're paying, like, it's going to be inevitable in other places as well. And people are eventually just going to accept it, I guess. But, um, or, you know, I can't imagine like an upstart golf league is going to be viable unless you get the Rory's or of the world, right? And that's, right. Not, that's not happening. So should be good for golf, the product. Um, you know, these people involved, you know, other, uh, you know, Phil, Phil, Phil gets kind of like this weird crown during this whole thing. Cause you know, him like Trump were, they, you know, they clearly were plugged into the right people who were, you know, got the right information. You know, they, they, they saw better than the, the players who, who stayed anyway. Yeah. I feel for the guys that stayed. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Crazy. All they right. have every right to be upset. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't have anything else in sports. Nah. Are you going to watch game uh, five of the NBA uh, finals tonight? No. Yeah. That's Denver Nuggets, <laughs> the other joker, could uh, clinch his first title. Oh, they have 3-1? 3-1, yeah. All right. It's going to be so, hard for Miami to come back from I that. think the game probably starts around 8.30, so you could just tune in around 10.30. Yeah. Just click it on and see the score. And if it's, within, if it's within 10. Hang out and watch. Hang out. If, if it's, it, I, it, I think it could get ugly tonight. I don't know. I got you. I think Denver's going to run away with this, but. All right. It looks like Miami's tired. 
they, they don't have that many players and a lot of know, undrafted guys. Just, just they don't have the you know there are a lot of good players on Denver. So, but and I think you know Miami has had to go through the play-in game twice to get here, and then you know as the eight seed had to play the toughest schedule in the history. So I just think they're worn out. But let's move on to some other crazy talk. You ready for this, Mr. Hughson? Probably not. I think you are. Okay. Aliens. Yes. I know we wanted to talk about aliens when we first talked about doing the show. Uh-huh. Was going to be one of the subjects, and we finally found it. I mean, we've talked about, I think we the first mention of UFOs was like the Israeli NASA equivalent. The, the chair of that uh, outfit yeah. basically said... Hey, uh, yeah, I think there's some aliens out here. No, here's that thing. He said, we've had contact. Yeah. We know they're there. We've had discussions, and the government's just not telling you. And so we had a UFO whistleblower, an Air Force intelligence officer. Uh, I think his name is David Grush. David Grush. Uh, well-respected, uh, well-credentialed, uh, high up in the intelligence community. Came out to News Nation, which is a uh, like an online streaming news, the one that's got... Uh, Chris Cuomo, I think that's them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, they got other people too, but he's on that show. But um, now we'll see what happens with all this stuff. And uh, I have uh, uh, Michael Schellenberger's uh, Substack pulled up here. He seems to be interested in the UFO phenomenon and this uh, uh, idea that we may be in possession. That we, I say, the U.S. government, not me and you, Mister Husong. Like I know you probably have a chicken coop slash. Alien hanger Obviously. in your backyard, uh, working tinkering, tinkering in the in the, the downtime. Trying to just make contact with those dimension hopping dwarves that Joe Rogan was talking about so years ago. He says that not only do we have uh, in pos- in our government's possession alien craft, not from this earth, crashed and landed. We also have bodies. So. In any other timeline of humanity, this story would be the lead story every day for like five weeks straight and maybe would have been for like the last year since all this stuff has started coming out. And today it didn't even make the, it didn't even make the last segment of sports clicks and politics. <laughs> no. Nope. So I have some, I have this guy's interview pulled up here. I'll see if I can find something that's, that's worth it here. Um, you know, let me see if I can give you uh, uh, a quote from him so you can kind of get an idea. Um, uh, I don't know. So anyway, real quickly, too, on top of all this. So he has now this apparently was all hidden from Congress and the American people, obviously. But so he and this whistleblower basically gave Congress evidence to this idea that we have alien craft and a reverse engineering and we have bodies. I don't know. Give, give me some UFO takes. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Listen, here's the problem. Is it entirely plausible? Yep. Could it also just be like this is a secret move by the U.S. government so that we don't find out that it's really just very advanced tech that was made by other countries or by our own and they don't want us to know that they have it? Yep, that's possible too. And this is all like, uh, what's the word for it? A plant, a deep state plan or whatever. Psyop. Psyop. To, we'll get, like, we'll get hey, to that. We're going to roll this guy out. Oh, we're going to get to that. Yes. So it's a, which conspiracy theory do you want to buy into? Like, I find the funniest thing is those, like, everybody's acknowledging that this is happening. They're like, oh, look, there's a UFO whistleblower. And then they just literally turn to, oh, how much is gas prices? Like, it is, it's, the news has been so overwhelming the last handful of years that this doesn't even rank. Like, it's, it's. It should be the story of the century. And we're like, oh, we're not alone in the universe after all. Like, people have been here. Like, we actually have encountered aliens. And yep. what, 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 what photos were on Hunter Biden's laptop? It's like, we just, we don't even care. The priority, the, the disjointed, like, emotional, like, where yes. you're, where you're, it's so it's so backwards that the world is literally a clown world. Like imagine the implications of this are huge. If this is, if this is accurate and like aliens have been here, we've talked to them. We got some technology from them. We have some dead bodies. We have spacecraft. We have all this crap. 
The implications of that are enormous, and people are like, I get it, but I got a job, I got kids, I got gas to buy, I got all the, like, I got stuff to do, and I got a big matchup coming up on Madden 2024 that I, like, after I do all that, we'll, we'll maybe look at it. And how counterintuitive is this to the whole idea that, like, well, we can't let everybody know because the public will panic. Everybody's like, eh. Whatever, like next, like what? They didn't care. Nobody cares. It's like the weirdest. It's the. It should be. It, if I would have painted it out, I would have. There's zero chance I would have painted it out that it would have been the third story. Right. You know, like I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll talk about UFOs today. I just wild. I mean, I've always been under the assumption that, like, look, if, if you look around space, whether look, I guess here's my problem. I've gone too many, down too many rabbit holes of too many weird conspiracy theories that I think are common knowledge now and nobody else knows right, anything yeah. about. No, I've been there. So, like, from any angle you want to look at this, like, if it's you're a, you're a believer that, like, even if you're a flat earther and you think that, like, the, it's just the, the firmament and there's just other dimensions and that's really what this is, of course it's very likely that there's other beings that come from other dimensions and they, can, they know how to come in and out. Like, that's wholly plausible if you're a more traditional non-flat earther and space is this vast ever thing ever expanding environment with millions of inhabitable planets the odds of us being the only sentient beings in the entirety of the universe is insanity of course we're not there's no shot so i like and then if you want to get in all these other weird angles and weird conspiracy theories that are out there of like any way you look at it, no matter how insane your view is, of course there's aliens. Of course there's other beings. Of course there's there's beings from other planets or dimensions or wherever. That's why I can't get excited. Like, well, yeah. I feel like the story is, hey, government, just open it up. Let's see what you got. Yeah. Let, no let, more whistleblowing. Yeah, let me see what the whistleblower had to say. Let me see if I can play some of this video. I'm not even sure if this is, he could be re literally reciting some childhood story here i don't know what i have pulled up but let's see what happens foes may not all be conspiracy theories, theories. In, recent in recent years, years congress, congress started, started official u.s government unidentified aerial phenomena task force recently renamed the all domain anomaly resolution office or arrow and now in a news nation exclusive david grush an air force veteran former member of that task force and veteran of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency is formally blowing the whistle on secrets he says no one has ever shared publicly before. You are one of the most trusted former intelligence officials in the U.S. defense and intelligence establishment. Yes, I was. You were trusted with the most intimate secrets. Yes. Grush sitting down with award-winning investigative journalist Ross Coulthart, who's reporting for News Nation and has spent years reporting on the UFO question. What conclusion did you come to at the end of your time on the UAP task force? Uh, the UAP task force was refused access to um, a broad crash retrieval program. When you say crash retrieval, what do you mean? Uh, these are retrieving non-human origin uh, technical vehicles, you know, call it spacecraft if you will, non-human, exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed. We have spacecraft from another species. We do, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, go watch that whole video. It's uh, about a little under 10 minutes long. Again, News Nation, uh, give them props. I guess they're breaking the story. Do you, remember, do you know who Paul Krugman is? Oh, yeah. Wait till you hear this, buddy. Oh, God. Some people will know what I'm going to play here, but this is this is a little minute and eight, eight, eight second clip that I think is, is worthy of your time. Think it maybe maybe Boston's, Boston's big big was, was, was just, just fine, fine after all. Think about World War II, right? That was not that was actually negative social product spending, and yet it brought us out. I mean, partly because you want to put these things together. If we say, look, we could use some inflation. Ken and I are both saying that, which is, of course, anathema to a lot of people in, in, in Washington, but is, in fact, what the basic logic says. It's very hard to get inflation in a depressed economy. But if you had a program of government spending plus an expansionary policy by the Fed, you could get that. So if you think about using all of these things together, you could accomplish you know, a great deal. I mean, if, if, we, if we discovered that uh, you know, space aliens were planning to attack and we needed a, a massive buildup to counter the, the space alien threat um, and really inflation and budget deficits took secondary uh, place to that. Um, this slump would be over in 18 months. 
And then if we discovered, whoops, we made a mistake. There aren't actually any species. So we need Orson Welles be better, is what you're saying. No, that's a, that's a, there was a Twilight Zone episode like this in which uh, scientists fake a, uh, an alien threat in order to achieve world peace. Well, this time we don't need it. We need it in order to get some fiscal stimulus. So the guy who equated the internet to the fax machine says, we need an alien, a fake alien invasion to get ourselves out of uh, the stagnant economic uh, position that we're in here. So Nobel laureate, I believe, or something. You know. Oh, yeah, no, he's a, he's a Nobel Prize winning economist. Um, I mean, he's terrible. But anyway, the worst. if you ever run how it, is the Keynesian thought of like school of economics even still not because it still it still exists. It's still happening. It hasn't stopped. That's, I know, but there I, hasn't been the point where you're like, oh, this is what failure looks like in the Keynesian operating system. I mean, system, listen, so. assuming that we don't get wiped out by solar flares or pole shifts or something else, like in 500 years, I like to think people are going to look back at this time frame and they're gonna be like, so this was the economic theory in America, and they'll be like, were they idiots? Like, wow, they're going to look at the way that we look at the doctors in the 1700s. We're like, you got ghosts in your blood. We're going to pray for you. If it doesn't work, just, you, God wants you to die. Like, that's how we're going to look at this school of economics at some point in history. Of how in the world did you ever convince yourself that this was smart? Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see what the, you know, what the blood in the streets looks like at the end. But, yeah. So, anyway... Aliens. Aliens. There you have it. We've uh, touched new ground here at Sports Clicks and Politics. Aliens exist somehow. So, Oh, boy. Oh, look, I went out of order. Oh, well, I thought you did. I yeah. thought we were going to Tucker on Twitter next, but I like the Yeah, well, let's go to Tucker on Twitter now. Okay. Because I did the UFO whistleblower on the Tucker on Twitter or whatever. But guess who's on Twitter? Is it Tucker Carlson? It is Tucker Carlson. Now... He has uh, released two episodes on Twitter, uh -huh. uh, garnering, let's see, episode one currently has 114.7 million views. Not too shabby. Uh, let me see if I can find episode two real quickly here on his little Twitter page. Uh, 54.9 million. So uh, almost 200 million views out of uh, about 22 minutes worth of uh, content. And... Um, Fox decided to sue him because, uh, you know, he's under contract with Fox through 2025. Yes. I don't know how you sue somebody. F like, I don't know how you block them from posting videos on their own Twitter account. Yeah. I, uh, right. That's He didn't go work for a rival. And, you know, in hindsight, that kind of emphasizes the uh, Elon tweet where he says, we have no contract, right? So it's basically saying he's, he doesn't ha he has the same access that me and you have, right? That's awesome. So if he can monetize that outside of a contract, then I, like, I don't, I, I'm assuming that Tucker knows he's going to win this because I don't see how he loses this. And so I would just keep posting. For like, sure. And like in defiance of it all, like whether or not there's a, an injunction or not, like just keep posting and, and figure it out. But anyway, Excited to have Tucker back. Yeah. He also talked about the UFO whistleblower. What did he say? Uh, just basically, you know, this is happening. Yeah, we have a UFO whistleblower people. You guys should be paying attention to this kind of thing. But um, I, good. I'm, I'm glad that uh, he is trying to figure it out. Like you said, yeah, I, he, he makes a statement, something to the effect of, uh, we came to Twitter because we think there are no gatekeepers, I think was his terminology, at Twitter. Uh, and if we find out otherwise, that we'll go someplace else. So... You know, as long as Tucker seems to get a, you know, his videos out without any kind of censorship or, uh, or uh, you know, de-boosting or whatever, sure. shadow banning, whatever you want to call it, I'm assuming he's going to continue to post. Uh, he's been posting at like 6 p.m. Eastern, but I don't know that on a regular basis. So I don't know if they were, like, on the same day. I didn't look, look that far into it. But I expect more. So I think this is good for everybody involved. Maybe other than Fox. Um, yeah. But Twitter, yeah, I mean, they're dying. So uh, tw good for Twitter. I mean. Listen, it's good for anybody that wants to listen to Tucker Carlson. And there's this crazy notion. If you don't want to listen to Tucker Carlson, don't click on the damn video. This isn't rocket science. Literally, it's yeah. that easy to not hear what he has to say. You just don't hit play. And if you do accidentally hit play, you just don't go and hit that little unmute button. 
then you don't have to listen to a word the guy says. But he gets to say his piece. The people that want to listen to him can listen to him, and you can just go on living your life. Yeah. What a crazy notion that would be. Yeah, and Elon's still trying to get Don Lemon and Rachel Maddow to post their videos there because he wants the whole thing. You know, he wants he's trying to make it. You know, there's there's no incentive for them to do that. I guess. I mean, they're not getting. I don't know. Maybe they maybe they can monetize it somehow. But I mean, I I don't see that uh, working for these guys. But anyway, so Tucker on Twitter. Uh, looking forward to episodes or future episodes. And uh, like I said, maybe Twitter will turn into some kind of. Uh, like I said, I don't think it's going to compete with the YouTubes and the Rumbles because they're video dedicated services. But if, you know, Elon's going to make this the X, the everything app, then video has got to be part of it. So I'm sure he's building out that infrastructure now. So we'll see what happens. We posted our first video, I said, at the beginning of the program here on uh, on Twitter video. And uh, so far, so good with that good. one. So anyway, any other hot takes? Like, do you, I mean, are you, do you think? Like Fox is going to be able to silence Tucker through the, yeah, me neither. So, but that's, that's the idea is that, you know, I don't know who, this is just an easy, uh, you know, since Murdoch has come out in favor of DeSantis, they're trying to get Tucker off of uh, the platform so that they can control the DeSantis narrative and, you know, whatever. But I think it's all good. Like I said, I, I'm looking forward to future episodes. Let's switch gears and talk about some politics. So, um, former president and current candidate for president, Donald J. Trump. Sure. Indicted. Um, 37 counts, I think it was. Yeah. Um, violation of the Espionage Act. Can we just start out with the Espionage Act is bullshit? Yeah, so real quick, let me, let me touch on this. So, I don't know who Jeff Clark U.S. is, but... Uh, he, this is a reply to a DeSantis uh, disciple, Bill Mitchell, who also hosts the show here. But this is Jeff Clark, U.S. He's like, I've read the entire indictment, and he disagrees with uh, this Bill Mitchell guy. And the one point that I wanted to emphasize here is that the he makes a, uh, a the case that the Presidential Record Act is a more specific statute, and that will always take precedent over the Espionage Act, which is a more general statute. And therefore, the order of importance would default to the Presidential Records Act and therefore make the whole espionage violation null and void, basically. So I don't know if your uh, legal expertise would like to weigh in on that specific thing there, but it's, it's a, um, I find it Listen, an interesting side note to the idea that he violated the Espionage, espionage Act. Never mind the, the legal expertise mode, of which I have very little. <laughs> Uh, how about the common sense approach of you have an act, the Espionage Act, as its name would imply, is intended to prevent any person with access to confidential or potentially harmful documents, information, etc., from handing it over to an enemy of the country who will therefore tr who will then try to use it to harm the country. It was a wartime law that was meant to stop anybody from using their right of free speech to saying things like, hey, the critical infrastructure of the American Navy is at this exact point. And then that could be used by Germany or Japan or, I don't know, Japan was on our side in World War One. Germany or other countries from using that information to go and harm America. Um, okay, fine. Does anybody think that's what Donald Trump was doing? Like, does anybody believe for, you could think the worst things in the world about this guy. What do you think he was doing? You think he was trying to, like, get this information into the hands of some adversarial nation so that they could use it to attack us? Right. And so back to this guy, Jeff Clark's USA quote, he brings up that exact point. He basically says, you know, Smith could show that Donald Trump was acting as a spy, giving national defense to our, you know, nation's enemies. Then he would have a violation of the Espionage Act. But he doesn't have that, right? So he doesn't. Ha there's no actual even hinting that he actually exposed the documents to anybody, right? He just has possession of them. There's no, there's no indication that he actually gave the information to anybody that would, that could use it in a way to gain leverage over the country. And therefore, again, this guy's Jeff Clark us, uh, is take is that that's the only way that the espionage act would be in play here. And that didn't happen. So, um, again, I, I don't think he, you know, do you think he goes to jail for this? 
Um, I don't know enough about the case, but I my instinct is to say no. My yeah, instinct as is, is to mine. say there's just too many outs that that are insane. Like the and part of this is I'm sorry, but the selective prosecution does come into play. Like if you're gonna go after him. And then at the same time, you know, remember when a few weeks ago when we were talking about how Joe Biden had all these boxes in different locations filled with confidential documents he wasn't supposed to have? Where's the difference? Like, what, oh, one was an accident, yeah. one was on purpose? Yeah, Can you prove so that? The, I, I'll tell you what the people are saying is that Trump showed intent on hiding them, right? So he was moving them around to try to keep them from being found where Joe Biden was like, oh, look, we have documents. Now... Whatever. I don't... Six years later, Joe sure. Biden said, "We have documents." Absolutely true. So, I, I, again, I'm just pointing out what they're you know they're using as a uh, you know it's not apples to apples kind of uh, insinuation. They do the same thing with Hillary's emails, right? So, but one interesting point that I think should be made aware of. So the uh, person trying or who uh, who served the indictment, uh, Jack Smith, is the uh, special counsel found this, arg- uh, this uh, article uh, from June 9th. Uh, Katie Shevegny, and maybe I'm pronouncing that uh, wrong, Jack Smith's wife, five interesting facts. Oh, boy. Number one, Jack Smith's wife, Katie Shevegny, produced a documentary on Michelle Obama's life. Of course she did. Number two, Jack Smith's wife is a Joe Biden donor. Okay. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Uh, Katie Shevegny was previously married to a Manhattan doctor. Probably not relevant to our conversation here. Uh, professors and authors of Katie Shevegny's uh, uh, parents. Um, Jack Smith is a registered vote as a political independent. The one thing that I was finding here was um, she seems to have a, a lean, and it's not obviously not, it's his wife, it's not him. Clearly there's a side of an aisle through those sure. even with a political independent uh uh designation that i find uh at least interesting anyway so um i don't i don't think this gets him if you will like you know he's already vowed to run if even he's in jail so i mean like, yeah it'd be the little if I've joked that oh, I'm voting for him if he's yeah in right. That's oh, it. I, I've said I've, I've hinted that I'm cl- as close as I possibly could to be to voting for the guy ever. But if he's in jail and I get to vote for him in jail, I'll probably just do it. Yep, I be, I have to. I would just be fun. There's no way not to do that. Right. Oh darn it. So, do you think this, as uh, your lady boy Lindsey Graham likes to say, um, what he? <laughs> Or he just. <laughs> what did I do to deserve that? I don't know. You were sitting here. Um, he has come out and said this is going to be a boon for the presidential campaign of Donald Trump and that uh, almost likely secures his nomination as the Republican uh, uh, nominee, I guess. So do you agree? Do you think this is a benefit? No. Let's uh, separate it two things. It's clearly an easier debate to have whether or not it hurts him in the general election, right? Yeah. I specifically want to know about whether well, does it hurt him in the GOP primary. Will the, I mean, the Trump voters are going to vote for him if he's in jail, just like me and you are. Like, they're going to be like, this is something I am going to do no matter what. And so if there's anybody on the fence a little bit, like, they're just into that. So I, I, I don't care too much about DeSantis's response, like if it was strongly worded enough against, you know, in favor of Donald Trump or what other people are trying to make, like, dive into too many things. Um but I do think this hardens the base, right? I mean, there's no doubt. That, I mean, oh, it's hard to get any more hard. It's basically diamond hands at this point. So, um, just to a great yeah, just to kind of bring that back, um, they don't seem to care about much of anything. Like other than uh, I, I've long said, only the Epstein thing could take them out, right? Because I think yeah. most people would be like, all right, like we knew that there was some smoke over here, but if we get some information that really looks bad then maybe i'll i'll soften that but i mean they'll probably just think it's a they'll probably just think it's a you know a hit job but i think this is a net positive for trump in the gop primary i think it's net positive but i don't think it's like okay well now it's all over and and this is done yeah it doesn't seem like that way at all in large part because i mean nothing has indicated that any of this stuff has lessened his support like all of his support is still 
as strong. All the polling shows, like, I mean, I pulled up this today. Ron DeSantis' approval rating has collapsed, right? So this is two weeks after his announcement. Um, data shows that DeSantis has a major unfavorable rating from those age 18 to 34, um, which is 63%. This is an unfavorable rating. As well as women, 62%, African-Americans, 85%, and the Hispanic community, 68%. So the, the, this, and this poll just for, I feel like, sh- I don't know if I have the whole thing here, shows him up, Trump that is, um, like 56 to 22, right? So like it's, it's, it still appears as this is over, like in the polls, like there's, he hasn't really moved. It's been, he's Trump's been floating at about 60% and DeSantis has been between 20, 25% mm-hmm. from the beginning. Like, oh, well at the very beginning, DeSantis was actually had, excuse me, was higher, but it has switched and doesn't look like it's flipping back. Yeah. It doesn't look great for Ron. It looks bad actually. I mean, I, I think they're going to stay in it. Like, I don't think they're going to back. Like, I, you know, think about 2016, I think, because uh, I was kind of interested in Rand Paul's uh, uh, campaign in 2016, but he noticed quite early on that all the energy in the room was being sucked up by Donald Trump and that he had no shot. Um, you know, especially from the position that he was running from, which is basically an anti-establishment position I think he would have been running from. So he had no position to, to run. I don't think DeSantis is, I think DeSantis is trying to position himself differently than Donald Trump. So I think he thinks he has position to run. I just don't see him like Trump would have to back out of the race for DeSantis to win the primary. I think, I think that's correct. As of right now, I mean, anything can yeah, change. Sure. It's still, moment, we're still early, yes. but it, it seems pretty unlikely outside of that. Cause wh- I mean, what, what is what, a new tapes going to show up from Trump espousing some crazy nonsense and people are going to like, this is the final straw. Like I'm not voting. No, nah, the FC thing is right though. If that's the only that, one. And that's yeah. just my own, you know, personal hot take, but the, I think it's his to lose. Like I said, whether or not all these indictments and the impeachments and, you know, you, you can already see the, the left lining this up, right? You're going to vote for a twice impeached three time indicted, you know, whatever. Yeah. And they're going to use those, whether or not he serves a second in jail doesn't matter to them. They're, they're going to use those words as some kind of uh, a knock on Trump. So I, I do want to bring up this one thing that I saw. We always talk about people get mad at Trump for the wrong reasons. Yeah. One of them being his uh, full-throated endorsement of uh, the COVID vaccines. Sure. His, the Trump vaccines, the if, Trump if they could vaccine. be. So I have one more audio clip that I'm going to try to play for us all here. This is, the, this is the Donald talking about vaccines. I don't think he actually mentions the, the word vaccine, but I think we're going to uh, have some uh, needles to thread after this discussion here. So let me, let me see if I can pull this up. In recent decades, there has been an unexplained and alarming growth in the prevalence of chronic illnesses and health problems, especially in children. We've seen a stunning rise in autism, autoimmune disorders, obesity, infertility, serious allergies, and respiratory challenges. It's time to ask, what is going on? Is it the food that they eat, the environment that we live in, the overprescription of certain medications? Is it the toxins and chemicals that are present in our homes? Every year, we spend hundreds of billions of dollars to treat these chronic problems rather than looking at what is causing them in the first place. Too often, our public health establishment is too close to Big Pharma. They make a lot of money, Big Pharma. Big corporations and other special interests and does not want to ask the tough questions about what is happening to our children's health. If Big Pharma defrauds American patients and taxpayers or puts profits above people, They must be investigated and held accountable. When I'm back in the White House, I will establish a special presidential commission of independent minds who are not bought and paid for by Big Pharma, and I will charge them with investigating what is causing the decades-long increase in chronic illnesses. I understand Big Pharma, I believe, better than anybody else. I know where they're coming from. And then I will ask them to publish recommendations for how every American child can 
have a safe and healthy childhood. This is a conversation that is long overdue, and it's a conversation that American families deserve. American families must have this conversation, and they must have a leader, a president, who can do something about this problem. And I will do that. Thank you. So, anti-vaxxer. Anti-vaxxer is right. Now, let's add this part to the discussion real quick. So, uh, I remember RFK basically saying that he was invited by Trump to kind of talk about uh, some vaccines and, and whatnot uh, when he first ran in 2020, or 2016, sorry. And if you remember, we actually, I think, ran the, or probably unsuccessfully at that time because I didn't know what I was doing, but ran the audio clip of Bill Gates where he basically said, um, yeah, I advised against, that's, a, that's not a good idea to Trump, right? Because Trump had clearly asked Bill Gates in for uh, uh, additional uh, advice on, or advisement on, on how to handle vaccines. So very weird since he's very, uh, and don't mind my dog, he's uh, made his way into the studio. Um, he has nothing to say at this point, but um, hard to take that position that we just heard with his, again, full-throated endorsement of Operation Warp Speed and his vaccines and how great they were and how he did something nobody ever did. So do you think this is an effort to, I mean, I think it's an effort to at least position himself as anti-Big Pharma, right? Like, so he doesn't have to carry that badge against DeSantis. Um, but do you think this will eventually lead him to have a uh, different opinion of Operation Warp Speed? No. But I do think it's like an olive branch that he's extending to the people that are criticizing his um, his relationship with the pharmaceutical industry. I, I do. I think it's an olive branch to those of us who are looking at him like, hey, you did this. This You signed it. You, you signed, sealed, delivered your name. And you're the one who gave them this authority. And you're the one who gave them or allowed them to do this. So now he's got to take a stance, and this is where he his ego is too massive to be like, you know what, I got duped, and I shouldn't have done it. But Don't you think that's the easiest way to victory of course. for him? Like, just admit you're wrong one time, right. and all that stuff goes away. That's like, it. all of the ego narcissist stuff, I mean, not for everybody, but sure. every single person, when you bring that up, you could point to that as a capitulation for him being like, okay, he's a changed person, right? Like that's all he had to do. That's still, he could do it today. Right. And to just say, you know what? I did it. I was listening to the wrong people and I've learned my lesson on, I didn't realize I underestimated how swampy it all actually was. Yeah. And I that's the biggest criticism. Yeah. And that's the biggest criticism that people from the DeSantis camp are giving him, right? Like, Hey, he had a chance to fix this and he blew it, right? He picked all the wrong people, the John Boltons and the Fauci's of the world. Like he did that. Like, right. Why are you giving him another shot? And if he came out and says, they got me, right. I'm better for it. Now I'm more on guard. I'm more alert. Like, like he could, you know, to me, I think he should be like, reaching out to Rand Paul already, right? Like, he should, like, okay, you got to be on my side, dude. Like, I'll figure out how you want to do it. He could be vice president and help, whatever. But he needs somebody, he, he, he needs to show that he has learned his lesson. And if he just admitted that and started naming people who he will appoint to future positions and they resonate with the people, whoever, the anti-establishment people that he's, I think, trying to, to cater to, I think it's it's over. Like, he's the president again. But I just, again, I don't think, to your point, I don't know if he has the ability to swallow the pride and make that right. admission, if you will, yes. uh, for his own benefit. But crazy times, Mr. Hussong. I agree. All right, well, we've done another show. 136 in the books. Not bad. Please go check, uh, check the interview out from uh, last Wednesday, I think it was. Uh, with Kevin McKernan and uh, anything you would like to leave the folks with? No, it's going to be an interesting election cycle coming it's, up. It's so deep in it already and it's so far away. I it's know. crazy. I don't think I have the stamina. We didn't even talk one. about Chris Christie and Mike Pence getting in the race. So the best joke I've seen about all that so far was Chris Christie definitely needs to run. Not necessarily a campaign. He just needs to run. <laughs> and and I, I, I think both... It's funny, I heard the uh, the GOP establishment be like, we got to rally around one opposition to Trump so that we don't have what we had in 2016 where everybody gets to split the vote. Now they got I, almost listen, just as many people. I'm not trying to speak 
out of turn because nobody saw Donald Trump coming in 16. Well, that's not true. A few people did. But who is out there clamoring for a Mike Pence presidency? He's got to be the most unappealing candidate in history. Right? Like, who's... I mean, who's, maybe other than Chris Christie. Like, Chris there's Christie. the two worst candidates I could possibly imagine. Of at least other than Nikki people, Haley. Like, DeSantis has some people that are that are pulling for him, and, and it's there, and he's... Yeah, the, the only people I see making it through a primary, like, into, like, a, where there's, like, only two or three people left on the stage... Yeah. Is the crazy guy, and I can say crazy, it's just the, the new guy, Vivek Ramaswamy. Like, I could see him and DeSantis and Trump all having carved out a, a niche. A, yeah. So, um, th- you know, that doesn't mean that dude has enough money to stay in the race. Maybe, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I don't know, I don't know enough about that. But um, it seems like a two-person race. I don't think any of these new additions matter. Um, I guess one thing it does signal kind of a little bit that, they're like, all right, well, DeSantis didn't kind of win everybody over and get a bump and kind of take his, you know, mantle as a, a bona fide threat to Trump. So maybe we're going to be that guy. I don't see it either. But I mean, DeSantis is the best chance to beating Trump, but I don't even think it's not I, a again, good I don't, chance. I don't think it's a good chance either. So, all right. Another one in the books. Uh, on that note, I'll remind everybody to please uh, like and share the video, subscribe to the channel. Uh, we'll post these onto the uh onto uh spotify and uh, uh twitter yes sir and yeah, maybe even youtube they haven't taken down kevin mckerna's interview yet so well, look at that i mean we'll see all right folks we'll see you all again next monday